You've seen their TV shows. You've watched their webcasts. Now, Partigan and Stapes invite you to Poker in the Ears. Hello, my babies, and welcome to Poker in the Ears. I am Uncle Daddy Joe Stapleton. He is my work wife, James Hardigan. You have a cheeky smile on your face today, Joseph. What does that portend? I think I'm just more tired than usual. I'm trying to make up for it with a cheeky smile. I saw a guy at the gym yesterday, actually, with uh, an old man at the gym working out. And on the back of his shirt, it said poker in the rear. And uh, I took a picture of it, even though I wasn't going to post it or anything. Anyway, coming up on today's show, we are W wrapping up W Coop. James, did you know W Coop stands for World Championship of Online Poker? It's an acronym. Yeah, I, I, I just realized that during Barcelona. Very weird. I don't know. I don't know how stuff. I went all this time without knowing that. We got results. We got winners. We got, well, no one ever loses at poker. And we have got a big winner, Benny Glazer, who always seems to take down one of these things. He did it again this year. We are finally having him on the show. And this week on Superfan versus Stapes, it's Sean King challenging me to the subject of the magnificent is always coming seven and to be clear we're talking about the 1960 version not the recent version with denzel washington now i did watch this movie fairly recently i want to say and i also want to say it was for this show are you sure we've never done it positive as a super 100 subject before man i don't know why i would have watched it anyway i it's it's fairly recently in my brain i did not rewatch that movie uh, because this week I had very little time to do stuff. But my girlfriend, what happened was we watched the first episode of Patriot for last week's super fan show or whatever it was a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And she fell asleep before the end of the episode. And I was indignant. I was yeah. furious. Yeah. You don't and show so, someone Patriot and, and allow them to fall asleep in it. That's right. Patriot is the optimistic show. <laughs> um, so... She fell asleep. And so for a while, I was like kind of miffed. And so I brought it up again, maybe like a week ago. And she remembered and she was like, oh, shit, I stopped watching Patriot. Well, she watched every single episode of Patriot over the last like eight or nine days, like all whatever it was, 18 episodes of it. So whenever I was home and she was watching Patriot, I, of course, could do nothing other than rewatch Patriot with her. Yeah, I mean, it's a show that I blew through in the spring, but I'm pretty sure I could happily rewatch the entire thing again just a few months later, for sure. And it is it is a show... I know I've gone on about Patriot so much, you guys, but it it is very good the second time around, too, because you know what's coming. It has a great replay value to it. Anyway... That's all I did this week. I don't think I watched a single movie. I don't think I watched a single TV show other than Patriot. Maybe like sometimes if I'm trying to wind down, I'll watch like an old episode of The Office or something. But I got I got nothing on this front. You haven't been watching Succession? I haven't because I. it's another one. I went, ah, my girlfriend, she started watching it without me, which is fine. Um, we, we had sort of both come in and out of season one is when we first started dating. And then season two, she couldn't wait. And so now she's like caught up and every time this is so funny the other day, like sometimes we're like two ships passing in the night. I'm sure your relationship, James is sometimes like this where like you barely see each other for a week. And 
my girlfriend came home one day, like early in the afternoon, it was like 5 p.m. And I was like, sweetheart, I'm so sorry. No, I haven't seen you. I just got a call from a friend who lives down the block and I never get to see her and she wants to go get coffee. Is that all right? And she's like, yeah, no problem. No big deal. And I'm like, this was eerily easy. And I go in the bedroom and get dressed and come back out and she's watching Succession. No. And I, yes, it's because she's like, she's like, great. Joe is going out. Now's my chance to watch Succession. She's cheating so- on you with an HBO show. Exactly. And I couldn't say shit because I was like, obviously I was like kind of bailing out on date night a little bit. And so I was like, all right, watch. I can't, I can't be like, I'm going out without you. And also don't watch television. I tell you what, it would have to be a really, really good friend for me to not just cancel that and stay at home and watch succession because it is so fucking good, but so painful to watch. There is hardly a scene in this TV show where you are not cringing, where you are not in in, in excruciating agony uh, because of just how awkward everything is and how so wonderfully unlikable every single character in this universe is. Where are we as far as uh, how many are left in the season? Because maybe I can catch up this weekend. She's going away. I'm not up to date. I mean, I think I've got like seven episodes recorded so far and I've only watched five of them. But, so we might be closing it on the end of the season because yeah. that's one benefit of you know of being behind is that I can watch them all at once. Yeah, but no, definitely season two, just as good, if not even better than season one. So what have you actually been doing then? What's been occupying all your time? I've been getting up at like seven o'clock in the morning and coming home at the earliest at seven o'clock at night or like knocking off for the day. I'm getting up. I'm doing like uh, I got stand up a couple times a week. I'm constantly plugging and chilling. You see it online, yeah. James. Uh, for various stand-up shows. I took a couple of small, tiny little writing jobs. Like I'm writing for, there's this uh, children's uh, television show, like a Saturday morning science program uh, about uh, women who work in STEM careers. And uh, I've been writing copy for that uh, just on the side. Uh, I've been doing auditions, lots of voice auditions, commercial auditions, uh, I thought I got fired from the writing job, actually. This is so funny. <laughs> I mean, if I was going to hire a writer to work on a TV program that was explaining science to kids, no offense, but you wouldn't be the first name on my list. No, I was. That's the whole thing. I was like the eighth name on the list. I was way <laughs> down on the list. But what happened was they, I think what happened was they, they hired this field producer to go out and shoot a package, right, with a scientist and from what I understand is the field producer didn't do a very good job, so they they shit can them. And now they're like, fuck, we need somebody who can look at all this footage, piece it together, and in a funny way, because they want to make the science more digestible through humor. So they press so they the had... emergency stapes button. Exactly. Activate stapes. <laughs> and so I really um, – and it's a show, obviously, that I'd never seen, I'd never worked on, and I got it really wrong. But there's uh, something we in that we can work on this. Have you got a VT that doesn't make sense? Do you need it to be funny? <laughs> Activate stapes. Um, oh, so you fucked up and you thought... I fucked up. I didn't do it right. And I, I was like, guys, I'm so sorry. And I'll say this. The executive producer comes from the comedy world and I really respect her a lot. She's worked on a lot of things that like I really want to impress her. And so... Uh, my first draft wasn't very good. And then my second draft, I didn't hear anything back for like five days. And I get this email from them saying, oh, look, we're bringing in someone else. And I wrote back and I was like, I'm so sorry. I, I failed you guys. Like I didn't, you know, it's really, uh, I, I'm, I'm disappointed. I'm really sorry that I couldn't get this done for you. And they were like, no, 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 we're not firing you. 
we're bringing in someone else for us. Like we're too busy to even w- read the thing you have submitted to us. We're bringing in a new boss for you. And not only did I not get fired, but they offered me another week of work on this thing. So, Huzzah. and I, and I didn't want to take it because I'm too busy. But when I, when I was like, so relieved to not be fired and they're like, do you want another one? I was like, okay. All right, I guess so. I thought, so now I thought they were going to be no, you're not fired because you've made this mess and now you've got to fix it. That is entirely possible too. <laughs> Whatever it is, for some reason, I am still on board. Um, and then, so I decided because I've got this slick new writing job, I went out, I didn't go out, I went online and bought myself a brand new PC. What does PC stand for? Personal a personal computer. computer? Yes. I bought a personal computer, James. Okay. Uh, is this to yeah. replace your ailing macbook or is this so that you can do some like slick pc gaming this is for some slick pc gaming and i'm going to be getting out there if i can get it here in time i'm waiting i'm like sitting around all day waiting for it of course i haven't used a pc in years so i'm gonna have some problems setting it up i'm sure but if all goes well i'm gonna be out there and then vr streets this weekend Ah. playing some poker stars vr yeah, Friday. There's a big, uh, there's a mini main event on Friday. There's some big money. events coming up, right? It's over the yeah, course of this weekend. Yes, it's like the VRW Coop. Yeah, I don't know what to call. I'm sure they wouldn't like me calling it that. But there's some huge VR events coming up this weekend. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, there's a 300 million chip guarantee tournament on Saturday that I'm going to be playing in if I can get this up and running in time. Sunday as well. It uh, looks like winners are going to get VR bracelets, like a little bracelet you can wear on your avatar. Uh, there's player of the year leaderboard points. And I guess, James, I guess. Now, I don't know if you've seen me whining about this, but it's going to get louder. I guess they're ha- they're going to have like a VR team pro. I saw the pitch on social media. I saw Moneymaker kind of saying hey look if i can somehow be an ambassador for poker for 16 years then i'm sure you can exactly so i'm going the arlie shaban route i'm actually going to apply <laughs> to be the vr team pro the same way as everybody else oh, is wow. out there so i just went out and sunk a bunch of money into a pc and an oculus rift so that i can uh shaban this and try to just force poker stars to make me a vr team pro. now joseph i don't know much about this technology but i do believe there's something called an oculus quest which is uh an all-in headset without the need for a pc which might have been significantly cheaper that's making me a little sick to my stomach but all i will say is i don't think you can stream from it that might be true that might so, be true. I think that part of what I, you know, part of my pitch is going to be like, I'm a streamer now too. <laughs> because James, no one's, no one's got the market cornered on play money poker streaming yet. Think about it. I could be play money rich. I could make, I, there's a 300 million chip guarantee, James. I guarantee with your act and all of the various nonsense that comes with PokerStars VR, with all of the various outfits and attributes and iconography that you can play around with, you are the man for the job. I'm confident of that. You could have yes. just made a couple of phone calls. You don't have to go through this route of auditioning or playing in all these events. 
Oh, I made the phone calls. No one at Poker Stars returns my calls. <laughs> I don't think he's joking either. Uh, no. We need to move on to the poker news, and I'm not going to sing this week for reasons that will soon become apparent. Because before we get to the World Championship of Online Poker, there is one sad piece of news from the poker world, and that is concerning British writer Al Alvarez, who's died at the age of 90. Uh, he wrote one of the first and one of the best books about poker called The Biggest Game in Town, which was first published back in 1983. He's written other books about the game. He played on late night, late night poker. I don't know if he's someone who was on your radar, Joe, but he was always one of my idols. Um, he was very well respected as a poet and writer outside uh, of his poker game. Yeah, I, I don't know. The name didn't ring a bell, but then when I saw the book he had written, I was like, oh, well, this absolutely does ring a bell. I'm surprised there hasn't been a movie, The Biggest Game in Town. I mean, that really would make a hell of a movie, I'm pretty sure. Many people in the poker world have paid tribute to him, including Victoria Corrin Mitchell, uh, a lot of the guys who played against him back in the day. Uh, I think one of my favorite tributes, though, was this tweet from Sam Grafton. Uh, when Al Alvarez was asked for his luxury item on the radio show Desert Island Discs, he was invited on because of his work as a poet and critic. He asked for an internet connection so he could play online poker, a true <laughs> ambassador. Um, so let's deal with WCOOP and let's recap what's happened over the last three weeks. And let's start with the key stats. And bear in mind that at the point that we're recording this, the main event is still to be added because they are at the final table right now. More than 200 events completed, more than 1.2 million entries. Wow. Prize pools totaling nearly $105 million, smashing the guarantee on the series. And first prizes of $14 million. I think it is fair to say that WCOOP this year has been a huge success. Yeah, wow, 200 events, 1.2 million entries. That's really something there. I mean, obviously, the prize money is impressive, but you know that can go up or down depending on what the buy-ins are. 1.2 million different people slash re-entries into people saying register. That is crazy. Yes. Uh, now, one of the things we watch over the course of the series is the player of the series leaderboard. And for a long time, this was dominated by Philippe Oliveira. And if that name rings a bell, it's because this is the guy who started 2019 with a 29th place finish in the PSPC, followed a few days later by a 21st place finish in the PCA main event. He's a Portuguese player who resides in the Netherlands. His online handle is Zagazawa, and he won three titles during WCOOP. And yet, that is not enough for him to secure the number one spot on the leaderboard because the current leader and the likely winner of the player of the series is Yussi Nevanlina, whose online handle is Calvin7V. And this is an online handle that I'm sure many people who follow Scoop and WCOOP every year will be familiar with because his name is always on the leaderboard. I mean, I guess it's a, between him and Calvin Anderson. I guess it's a... It's always dominated by the Calvins. This is the Finnish Calvin. Um, so just to deal with the WCOOP main event, which is the high event, the $5,200 buy-in event, there were 1,637 total entries, a prize pool of $11.2 million, with $1.66 million for the winner. And one thing we do know for sure is that 
Finton Hand had an amazingly deep run in this, uh, finished 23rd for $50,000, and during his stream of day three of WCOOP, he was watched by 18,000 people on Twitch, all willing him to make that final table. Okay, he fell short, but still a great result for Finton. And by the time you hear this, the final table will have been played, and you will know if Raidalot, a.k.a. Talal Shikurchi, has done the double, because Talal is a Scoop main event champion. He's going into the final table as chip leader, so you will now know if he has done what seems like the impossible and won the Scoop main event and the WCOOP main event. That is absolutely wild. That is, uh, I don't know, you deserve more than a virtual crown for, uh, for that type of feat, man. That's crazy. So some other headlines from this year's WCOOP. Uh, we always look at the countries that have been performing sure. well. And again, bear in mind, there's still this event to play. Russia has won 28 titles, but the UK sits in second with 27. So Talal's potential yeah. victory could tip the balance in the UK's favor. Um, as far as Team Pro is concerned, uh, we saw Lex and Spraggy have their own deep runs along with Finton. Fatima had her biggest online result ever. She came third in WCOOP 40, the medium buy-in event, for $43,500. So congratulations to her. There was a special UFC event um, a couple of weekends ago, which drew nearly 33,000 entries. It was a PKO format, had four different buy-in levels, but just insane numbers in that one. So that's working then. I mean, obviously, if the whole point of having a partnership with UFC is to sort of boost numbers and to draw more people into playing UFC tailored events, 33,000 entries, that, I mean, it's working. I'd like to think so. Uh, there was another title for Sean Deeb. This is on top of the one that we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Joe, so now has, he now has eight Coop titles oh, in man. total, plus wins for Adrian Mateos, Mike Lear, uh, Jao Vieira, and Benny Run Godlike Glazer, who took down the medium buy-in Raz event for nearly $11,000. And Benny is a player we've had our eyes on for some time. Uh, he's had amazing success at the World Series of Poker. He's had amazing success in Scoop and W Coop. We've been wanting to get him on the show for several months. It's been a nightmare to schedule, but we finally made a way of making it work. And we can now welcome two poker in the ears, Benny Glazer. Welcome to the podcast, Benny. Hello. Thanks for having me, guys. Excited to be here. WCUBE winner, Benny Glazer. Only <laughs> one win this year. How it happened? I know. Disappointing. Uh, <laughs> well, I got got two second places as well, but yeah, couldn't get the second done, unfortunately. <laughs> Would you consider one win and two second places a good WCUBE for you, a bad WCUBE? Where, how are you feeling about this year? <sighs> Uh, I'm feeling okay. I mean, it depends what the win in the second places are. Like, if I get sure. a win in Sunday Million or something huge, then obviously that's a much better WCOOP than others. Like, money comparatively wise, it's not as good. Like, the win was only, uh, what was it, like 11,000? Um, and the seconds aren't so much. So, yeah, it depends if I want to value it by money or what to what to attribute it to, to because obviously i'm playing much higher stuff as well during wcoop i'm playing all the tiers and pretty much everything so uh i generally did better in the smaller field things 
So comparatively speaking, that's not so good financially. But yeah, I think overall, I'm still fine with WCUB this year. I'll, I'll take a fine. Fine yeah. sounds fine to me. Uh, now, I know that you take uh, poker very seriously, and uh, I've spent a lot of time uh, around poker players, obviously, for the last decade or so. And you actually seem to take it a little bit more seriously than most people, at least in my opinion. Uh, do you agree with that? Hmm. Interesting. Um, Just when here's here's what I'm basing it on and trying to get you for this interview and speaking to you about this. A lot of times, you know, we've been talking about this, what for, I want to say like six months off and on about getting you on the show. And you're very often like, can't do it that day. I'm playing. Can't do it that day. I'm playing. Can't do it that day. I'm about to play. Um, and I think that that's sort of like, um, is it a, a mental focus that like you see, talk to me about your process for preparing what, what you like your days to be like when you are in the thick of playing poker. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's always like that. Uh, I wouldn't say it's like three months or so, but it's been like a couple of times which are like obviously uh, difficult to have. Like it was the World Series of Poker, which I massively prioritize and do take very seriously for sure. And the other one was, I believe, EPT Barcelona and um, yeah, WCUP, which yeah, are pretty uh, intensive schedules where, you know, they're high value events and I pretty much want to be playing everything. Um, so yeah, I, I do take it seriously for, for coops as well. Like if I want to try for a leaderboard or yeah, a live poker stop, like EPT, I'm playing almost everything and yeah, have pretty intense schedules. So yeah, I'm either playing poker or kind of valuing my downtime quite a lot there. So what do you do now? Is it is it downtime now that WCOOP is over? Uh, yeah, I have like two or three days of uh, semi-downtime. <laughs> like I have admin to do and then preparation for Nottingham in two days. So yeah, it's part poker rest, but yeah, it's part some other things to sort out in preparation. Yeah, so it's yes and no. It's kind of a bit of downtime, but realistically, after a three-week online series where you're grinding every day, you've got a couple of days off before you're playing live again. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about your evolution a little bit, because uh, as far as we know, Benny, you were a guy that used to uh, watch a lot of poker, used to chime in every once yeah. in a while, used to help me out with analysis, and now you're a guy who uh, who is regularly winning things can you talk to us about your evolution as a poker player yeah i mean as you guys know i've been a long time fan of the shows and watching stuff for a long time and yeah for at least like 15 years i guess i've been watching poker and just i, I guess more over the last 10 years really that i've obviously been studying a lot more and <clears throat> playing a lot more, putting in more volume. Uh, I was trying to not be kind of arrogant about it, but winning is more of a thing as you're as you're getting better. Sure, um, it's a more frequent thing. So, see, yeah. I remember very clearly one of your first big wins, and I don't know whether this was the first or or, or just one of them, but it was at EPT London. 
uh, probably like seven or eight years ago now. And yeah. that was my recollection that you, as Joe said, we'd often see your tweets. You'd often be interacting with the stream. It's like, hey, guys, I've, I've won a side event, EPT London. It's like, oh, well, you know, that's, that, that's great. And then you just kept on winning stuff after <laughs> that. And it went from EPT side events to World Series of Poker bracelets and then to W Coops and Scoops. Yeah, I, I of course, remember what you're talking about. And yeah, that, that was my first live win and that was definitely very important to me and yeah it, it pretty much did keep going from there um i still value a, a win of course and w winning in general um but at the same time that's kind of just one tournament and i do try and look at the long term and i'm also you know playing cash games uh more regularly outside of tournaments um so yeah i've obviously put in work and still over the years have been playing cash games as well. When you say you put in work, what does that mean to you? Because I know that, you know, this is putting in the work, the studying and all that. It's words people throw around now. And I think for some people, they may not know what that means. So if you were going to uh, explain that and or, you know, give advice to people, what sorts of studying slash work should people be doing? Sure. I think it depends on the person what you're currently playing, uh, what your goals are, kind of how far along you are in the game. Um, I think one thing is important, well, across the board for, for everybody is uh, surrounding yourself with poker friends that you can speak with who are preferably as good or better than you are at that time where you can bounce ideas off or you can learn from. I think that's very important. Um, I also like, you know, got coaching in certain games where you can, well, I found that important as well. Uh, you can have one-on-one -on -one sessions where people essentially tailor material for you. It's specifically for you to get better. And that can be very valuable because they can dissect your game and really dive into uh, what your weaknesses are and what you can improve more kind of relevant to me these days and kind of the more advanced players is uh things like solvers which over the last year or so i've been using a lot more uh you know pious over and monka solver things like that software on the computer which essentially gives you game theory optimal solutions that you can use in a real setting um against the best players in the world and you know that what you're doing is essentially correct so that's useful other things like that as just running other simulations it's a bit more difficult in non no limit games uh such as the mixed games where it's more difficult to find uh solutions and simulations like that but the other way for that is just putting in more volume and more experience is the other key to improving and being more familiar with situations as they arise. So people, when they talk about uh, studying these days with the solvers, with the simulations, they talk about spending hours and hours doing it. Um, mm -hmm. When this is happening, uh, are you are you spending hours like is it does it really take hours to go over looking at particular situations and weighing them against a particular chart does it take hours to do that it definitely can do I 
would say I'm not doing it as much as other people are, especially other No Limit guys, because No Limit Hold'em is only one of the games I play, and uh, it's kind of more valuable for my time to be putting in uh, my time elsewhere in other games as well, rather than just that one game. I would maybe only spend half an hour to an hour on one situation like per day or one or two, but it, it can do because in No Limit Hold'em, when the game tree can be so wide, there can be so many options or there can be so many assumptions that you can make about a certain uh, spot, whether it's your range or another person's range and you're having to just alter that slightly, it can change the solutions and the output quite drastically. So yeah, that can take a long time. Has this relatively new layer to the game uh, made it more or less fun for you, or is it all about winning? Hmm. That, that's a good question. I, I, I guess it makes it, in a way, it makes it less fun for me because I did personally love it when it's more of a, has some more exploitation in it where it's, you can get in the streets a bit more and just make more unorthodox plays. Maybe, and it's like, that is for sure an interesting thing for me. It's a more entertaining thing, I'm sure, for you guys as well, where you see someone on a stream making some crazy play. And like those are the things I kind of used to love about poker as well, a bit more. The, the kind of interesting things like that, where sure, game theory is, is going to, have some creativity sometimes but uh they're just not going to do completely out of the box things generally um so i like that part of it it's so in a sense that makes it slightly not as fun for me where you can kind of picture what you're supposed to be doing and what everyone else is supposed to be doing in that way yeah. but at the same time it does make it more interesting for me and more kind of challenging in a way to learn and to try and get things to be correct that there's more to learn so i like that challenge i like to keep improving and knowing there's ways to keep improving uh, is also a valuable thing as well so uh just b before we wrap things up here and get to my dumb game uh one thing i'm always curious about is uh before this, when you were more of a viewer than a player, uh, did you ever have a real job? Um, not exactly a full-time one, no. After uh, university, I, I did some uh, poker journalism and stuff, like semi-part-time. Um, like I worked for a site or two with writing reports and like some interviews and things, but no, essentially... It's the answer, not a real nice. job. Yeah, yeah. We don't I consider mean, poker journalism to be a real job. That's for sure. No, it's, it's for fucking losers <laughs> and dicks. Um, so I did, I did uh, hit you up a little bit before the show, and I guess I, one last question I'll say is: you said that you are a music fan. You're actually pretty passionate about music, yeah. uh, and you mentioned. And I'm always afraid to get this wrong. This is why, like, I was dancing around this. Mm. Is it? It, heavy metal or hard rock are they the same thing uh they're not really the same thing no i mean i knew it <laughs> well i i like both but yeah i mean 
yeah a hard rock is is more like kind of the more classic rock in a way and yeah metal is a bit uh or, or heavy metal at least is a bit more hardcore i'd say yeah so what have you done joe have you constructed a heavy metal based quiz well i said do you like metallica he said yes and i literally googled bands like metallica <laughs> <laughs> so God bless anyway the this game is called bluff or value okay oh. this is a new game that i have developed that will revolutionize the way games everywhere are played. I really should patent this. Everyone's going to copy this game. Benny, you are a rock fan. I'll just yeah. say that. I'm going to read you two rock lyrics. You have to tell me which one is the bluff and which one is for value. It's this brand new game. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. So yeah. basically, it's true or false, but you've just called it bluff or value. <laughs> it's bluff or value. This game is going to revolutionize. They're going to use this is on a TV very, probably. very old format that you've basically just rebranded. I agree. It is a timeless format. It will be around for a long time. Here we go. Question Sorry. number one. Okay. Are these lyrics I might have heard of, or are they just yes. your one? Okay. Now, Here bear in two. mind that I know nothing about the genre of music, Benny, so I cannot help. You are on your own. All right. Bluffer value. Here we go. Here's two Metallica lyrics. Which one is a bluff, and which one is for value? Lyric number one. Bang your head against the stage like you never did before. Make it ring, make it bleed, make it really sore. Or your heart, your soul, your beating drum. Take your place inside my brain. Blow us all to kingdom come. Which one's for bluff? Which one's for value? Wow. Uh, well, I've never heard of either, but I think the first one sounds more absurd. So I'm going to go with the second one as being Metallica. The second one was written by Joe Stapleton. That was a bluff. Oh, wow. Question number two. Here are two lyrics from Alter Bridge. There we go. Okay. Which one is for bluff? Which one is for value? Blood and screams overflowing. The drops fall tonight. There's no sense in showing. You no longer fight. That's lyric number one. Lyric number two. And though our days come to an end, no, I'll never love like this again. Oh, I, I know the second one. So the second one is Alter Bridge. The second one was for value. There you go. You're on the board. <laughs> Here are two lyrics from the band Slayer. Oh. Which one is the bluff and which one is for value? I know this is going to be extreme. <laughs> I feel the urge, the growing need to fuck this sinful corpse. <laughs> that was lyric one, lyric two. It's slaughter time on the incision line. Pleasure, pain, it's all the same. I think the second one's gonna be Slayer, but I, pl I applaud you if you wrote that, because that's pretty creative lyrics. <laughs> the second one was in fact written by Joe Stapleton. Oh, wow, the incision Bluff. line, that's good. Well played. Here we go. Question number four. Here's two lyrics from the band Iron Maiden. Oh, yeah. Which one is the bluff? Which one is for value? Lyric number one. Oh, well, wherever, wherever you are, Iron Maiden's going to get you no matter how far. Oh, come on. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Lyric number two. Close your eyes and open wide. It's time to get your Iron Maiden inside. How is either of these a real lyric? Well, I know the, the first one is from the song Iron Maiden, so that's, yeah. All right, he's uh, he's he's got it. He nailed it. There you go. You're two and two with how many questions to go? Two to go. All right. I felt like seven was too many for this one. I only went with six. Here we go. Uh, question number five. Here are two lyrics from Slash. Hey. Your favorite. Which one is for bluff and which one is for value? Lyric number one. La 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 or is that for bluff or value bluff or value lyric two yeah 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 uh i'm gonna go with the second one as being slash the second one was written by me joe stapleton yeah 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 fuck very, well, very creative. I tell you what, if this whole poker thing fails epically, you may have a future as a heavy metal lyricist, Joe. I've always contended that no matter what the genre, I could write lyrics as good as whatever people write. <laughs> All right, last question. Good, yeah. I like, was it Slaughter Time on the Ascension Line? That was yeah, tough. I'm going to write the full version of that after this. Last question. Here, here are two lyrics from Slipknot. Did you? By the way, did you know it's Slipknot with a K? I always thought it was Slipknot, like a knot joke. Oh apparently, apparently, it's I, about I, rope. I did know it was with a K, yes. <laughs> All right, anyway, which one's the bluff and which one's for value? Uh, first lyric here. You fucking touch me, I'll rip you apart. I'll reach in and take a bit out of that shit you call a heart. Yeah. That's, That's not getting radio one. play anytime soon. <laughs> Lyric number two. Hey there, boys and girls, be sure to brush your teeth. Listen to your mom and dad and go to bed on time. School is fun, so study hard and your parents will be proud. Oh, very good. I, I did already know that the first one was a Slipknot <laughs> lyric, but I still wanted to hear your <laughs> Um Your final score, Benny, three and three. So we'll call uh -huh. that a win, because if you can achieve a draw in one of Joe Stapleton's <laughs> dumb games, it's as good as a victory. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Ben, thanks a lot, man. Very fun stuff. Congratulations on your uh, your W Coop, and we look forward to you crushing scoop when that comes around. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. It's fun. Take care. One of them loves the EPT, knows it inside out, and would do anything for the European Poker Tour. The other one is Joe Stapleton. It's Superfan versus Stapes. Now it is superfan time on Poker in the Ears. Hopefully we can award a 55 euro EPT Prague satellite ticket and some much coveted Poker Stars merch. We welcome to the show, Sean King. Hello, Sean. Hey guys, how you doing? Sean, I'm a huge fan of your tweeting. You're a great social activist here. I appreciate it. I, I really, I no, really appreciate it. No, Joe, not, not that Sean King. Oh. Well, hey, I'm sure you're great too. Yeah, but Joe, we have actually spoken on social media. Sometimes you are a little bit harsh. Hey, well, that happens. There's a lot of idiots out there, and, you know. <laughs> unfortunately, I got to be the one to tell people. I, you know, I wish, I wish it weren't me, but you know, that's how it goes sometimes. Sean, what's your deal, bro? <laughs> Apart from being um, abused by you on social media, Joe. Uh, Joe, poker-wise, um, I've been playing poker for probably about 15 years now. 
started online, um, started playing on PokerStars in 2005-2006. I uh, was fortunate enough to go and play the main event on uh, via PokerStars, via oh, cool. $11. So $11 got me to the main event. Uh, played some live. Biggest cash live has, has been 19K, and biggest cash on live was third in the Sunday warm-up on Stars. That's fun. That's I'm really glad that you just rattled off the resume. Like so usually he's pulling teeth to get that shit out of people. What about uh, <laughs> your non-poker life? What's happening outside of there? What do you do? My my non-poker life. I used to work in multi-site management until my uh, first child turned up. She's now age nine. She's uh, Holly, and I've got a younger daughter who's nearly six called Daisy. Uh, when Holly came, I d- decided to go. Um, part-time so i could be a full-time dad uh and cool. i drive i drive for five hours a day for a local florist in coventry and so you make a lot of people happy by delivering flowers joe i make more people happy by delivering uh, uh flowers and i obviously do on social media by yourself oh that's okay look everyone's everyone's a jerk on social media myself included it's fine you can be a good person in real life Earning money, delivering flowers for those darling daughters of yours. That is true, Joe, and it's it's you know it's good to see that we've found some common ground. When you are when you when they are of legal and appropriate age, will you teach? They're coming nowhere near you, Joe. <laughs> no, <laughs> come on! I just meant, are you going to teach them poker? Oh yes, yeah, I'm definitely teaching them poker, and they'll still definitely be nowhere near your good self. And you have chosen the magnificent seven. As your superfan subject, we did clarify at the start of the show, we're talking about the 1960 version here. Uh, is it a personal favourite of yours? James, it's a, a fantastic film. It is about, obviously, um, people that are perceived as villains that are obviously very much the heroes of the film. Indeed. Have you wow. seen the film upon which it's based? I have not seen the film upon which it's based, which I will not mention that uh, film in case it's one of the questions, because Joe clearly won't know that one. It's ah. not. It's not one of the questions. It's not something that Patrick has included. We're talking about Kurosawa's Seven Samurai, by the way. Um, I should mention that this is the last Patrick quiz of all time. Patrick, oh, the Patrick. intern, is gone, but not forgotten for at least seven days. Um but yes, before he left us, and we wish you all the best of the future, Patrick, he did compile 10 multiple-choice questions about The Magnificent Seven. Sean, you know the format. Please give me a number between 1 and 10. James, I'll just go every time with the lowest number that is, that is available, so I'll start with 1. Number 1. Who plays the role of Harry Luck in the film? Uh, that would be... Brad Dexter. It would be Brad Dexter for two points, which famously is the one that people always fail to get when naming the seven members of the Magnificent Seven. I have no... Hey, for once, I would have had no fucking clue who or what that was. So I'm Joe, not tilted for the first time ever. Okay. Uh, Joe, you can take any... I'll take no- more than once, Joe. Joe, you can take any number other than one. You know what? I don't usually do this, but I am always going to come Magnificent Seven. Okay, remember there are multiple choice options available should you need them. Uh, What happened when the Seven went to ambush Calvera at his own camp? I will take the choices. Four of them were killed. They were captured. They burned down the camp. 
they discovered it was abandoned. I don't think they get so many get killed that early on in the movie. What's what's option is B and C? B was they get captured. C is they burn down the camp. They burn down the camp. You should have gone with D. They discovered it was abandoned. Ah. So you remain scoreless. Sean, it's your second question. Two, three, four, five, six, eight, nine, or ten. Just the lowest number every time, James. The okay, number. fine. We'll go with the lowest number then. Number two. Uh, the bandits raid the village frequently. What did the old man suggest they do to stop them? Um, buy guns. Correct. For two points. Joe, what number would you like? I'm in big trouble. He's got four points. I'll take question four. Okay. Why does Harry join the gang, even though Chris says there's little pay? Do you want some help, Joe? What? Do you want some help? I don't want your shit talking, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, let's uh, let's take the choices I think I know, but I want okay. to play it safe. He thought the reward was bigger than Chris was letting on. He wanted some good karma. He was searching for someone he knew who lived in the village. He just liked Chris. Man, I, I feel like it's one of those ones like good karma or liking Chris. Uh, what's the Don't first one again? He thought the reward was bigger than Chris was letting on. No, I don't think that's it. I, he liked Chris. It was the one that you said it wasn't. The whole thing with Brad Dexter's character is all the time he thinks there's treasure involved. And even at his dying moment, Chris makes him feel better by telling him, yes, Harry, you were right. There was a big reward available. Have you ever seen this film? I was going to ask that. I, I have seen it, yes. Okay. When? Not that long ago, apparently. I mean, it was, I, I, I was in this apartment, so it was in the last couple of years, but who knows? Sure. Flat circle. Three, five. Oh, lowest number. Number three, then. Uh, when the three villagers first saw Chris Adams and Vin Tanner, what were they doing? Uh, they were taking a dead body in a hearse up to the graveyard. Uh, I would have accepted a driving town. a hearse. You get the two points, and you have a six-nothing lead. Joe, you can have five, six, eight, nine, or ten. Uh, let's go with five. Which member of the seven was exceptional at throwing knives? Uh, and do you know what? I'll take either the character name or the actor. I'm helping Charles you Bronson. No, it's not Charles Bronson. Yul Brenner. No, it's James Coburn who plays Brit. <laughs> the lowest number available, Sean, is six. How did Chico find out that Calvera... Denzel Washington, Chris Pratt. How did Chico find out that Calvera and the bandits were going to return? He um, infiltrated the camp. He did for two points. Oh, again, more information that was needed. Careful, or I'm going to start deducting points for being a know-it-all. <laughs> uh, Joe, eight, nine, or ten? Eight, nine, or ten. It doesn't really fucking matter, does it? Let's go. Nine. Number nine. And remember, multiple choice options are available. What is the last thing that Chris says in the movie? We did it. That's what you call justice. We lost. We always lose. They'll be back. They always come back. We lost. We always lose. Joe, you're on the board. You have scored a point. 
Yeah! Don't there call it, it is. Don't call it a comeback, Yay. quite literally, because you cannot win. Uh, Sean, let's see if you can run the board here, if you can get all of your questions correct. Uh, eight or ten. We're going to go with eight. Please. Why did Calvera let them go at the end? Uh, because he was fearful that either their friends or relatives would come back and start to like a second war. With Correct, them. for two points, and you have got the maximum score you could from your five questions. Joe, you get question ten. Which three of the seven survive? Yul Brenner survives. I want character names. Uh, all right. Well, are there choices? Yes. Take the choices then. Is it Chris, Chico, and Vin? Chris, Vin, and O'Reilly? Chris, Chico, and O'Reilly? Or Chris, Britt, and Chico? Why is Chris in all of them? Because everyone knows that Yul Brynner <laughs> fucking survives. Also help, Joe. The one, the one that involves Chris and Chico. I'll, I'll give it to you, Chris, Vin, and Chico. It was the first one, so you get two <laughs> points in total. Sean, you've scored a total of ten points. You have won this game of Superfan versus Stapes, and we will send you three articles of PokerStars merchandise. You will get the T-shirt, the water bottle, and the PokerStars ice tray as well. Guys, can I, I just say? Fantastic show. You're both fantastic on TV. Joe, you're also fantastic on social media. <laughs> Massive fan. It's been a pleasure chatting to you guys today. Thank you, Sean. You've been a great guest. We appreciate you. Thanks very much. All right, my babies. We're almost out of time for this week's show. Next week, it's alive. It is all about Lex Live with special guest, Lex. I still haven't spoken to him about this, so hopefully this goes ahead. In all seriousness, we are planning on taking the show down to Asper's. Um, we're going to be setting up in a room where people can actually watch the show be recorded live. Um, we're going to have a sound feed so people can hear Joe on the line from Los Angeles as well. There are going to be so many people at Aspers for Lex Live 2 that hopefully we can get a couple of them on as guests as well and make Lex kind of like a, a, a co-host for the entire show. And as we explained last week, Lex Veldhaus will be the subject of the Superfan quiz. So we are looking for a Lex Superfan to come on the show. If you are planning on attending Lex Live 2, if you're going to be at Aspers on Wednesday the 2nd of October... Please get in touch. Use the hashtag poker in the ears and volunteer because uh, we'd love to give you the chance to win some prizes. And I'm going to crush that Lex super fan quiz because, as you know, James, Lex is my only friend in all of poker. The <laughs> only person that I'm legitimately friends with is Lex Feldhaus, him and no one else. So I'm looking forward to talking to and about my good friend Lex next week of course also look i don't want to overshadow my good friend lex but i'll very likely be a play money millionaire <laughs> by the time we next speak so maybe even a hundred millionaire so we will have some virtual results of vr poker in the ears for you next week so until then subscribe like comment please do us a solid that is it though for this week's show we are out of time for james hardigan i am joe stapleton smell you later